listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fate of a Nation, NARM and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our panzers flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and to shop at Battlefield Hobbies because Hammy has started buying models for Flames of War again, even if he doesn't know why. I'm Eddie Fez Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England, and I'm joined by my co-host Duncan Dice of the Spice of Life, Gosling. Adam, I need some more dice. Mine aren't very good. And Lee, it's Macava, not Macava. Parnell. Now I'm going to be obsessing about the pronunciation of the way for the episode, making sure I get it right again. So thanks for that. <laughs> Hello. Welcome everybody to episode 12 of Shoot and Scoot, the Oil War Special. Oil Wars? Oil War, singular. That, let's outline that from the beginning. <laughs> just, just just, one Oil War. Is, is, is just, the, just a single... Just the one, please. I've just got a tiny Oil War. <laughs> I'm trying to cut down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching my war budget. <laughs> my crippling, crippling war budget. My, <laughs> you say that, he says, looking over at the pile of uh, SU-152s. Ah, oh, yeah, that's an investment, though. That's not, you know... That's all Harry's fault. It's not like he owns a hobby shop or anything, is it, Eddie? I mean, come on. He's an enabler. That's a problem. I think yeah. I'm seeing. I think I'm seeing the 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 the, the error of our relationship. <laughs> See what I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to slowly buy all of his stock and then put him out of business <laughs> by opening my own supreme hobby store. Although I, 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 that plan may not be the most financially viable. I don't think your garage is big enough. <laughs> that's why I've got two um, <laughs> oh, how's everyone doing pretty I'm good pretty yeah. good um, so, having a nice uh, undefeated streak at the moment as you are well aware oh yeah thanks oh spoilers <laughs> evil cackle evil cackle well, this kind of ha- li- nicely brings us on to what we've been up to this week so yeah you guys can talk about your game well, I deployed. <laughs> it all went terribly from there. And then it, yeah, it went horribly wrong from <laughs> that moment on. Can you show us on the battle map where the American Shermans touched you? American Shermans are horrible. Their stabilizers should be banned, I think, on the Geneva Convention. That's just, yeah. They gave me a right good chewing. I'm, I'm having a lot of love at the moment for the Sherman. Just It's, it's a good tank. It's a very good tank. Especially, I think it suits my stupid playstyle. <laughs> what, hooning around and shooting stuff? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it seems <laughs> try, to work quite well. Try to be closer. I want to hit them with my sword. Oh, no, wait. We're at a 45. That'll work. Yeah. Well, so we played an ahistorical game, didn't we? We, we did. Played... Unsanctioned yeah. fun. Unsanctioned fun. <laughs> fun, yeah. Only because I wanted to have a min-max list. No, um... My uh, my Soviets are still uh, in the factory waiting to be assembled. <laughs> um, so we played your Americans versus my new Chinese Death Reich. Yes. Mm. You're still it... better. Well, what, what do you mean underneath all the uh, burning? Yeah, before uh, they got obscured by smoke. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, they did embarrassingly badly, didn't they? Well, they did um... war. Oh, all right, Lee. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, oh my kidney. 
Oh, right there. Oh, <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, et tu Lee Parnell. Oh. <laughs> et tu Parnell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, um, so I had, was it 70 34s and a Mark IV and a Mark III? Yeah. And you had probably, what, 10 Shermans? Yeah, two platoons of four HQ Sherman, uh, rifle platoon, some recce, priests, and P40s. Oh, yeah, and I had um, three vests, sorry. I forgot. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were so wonderful. And, um, uh, I, I can't help but feeling that reserves are what kills you. Yeah, that wasn't it was fun. But it's bullets killed him. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't go well. Um, I don't actually. Did I kill any Shermans? I don't think I did. No, you did. Well, you killed, I killed, killed, I killed, I killed one from each platoon. Yeah. Yeah. So two, not well. Two, two I think I best killed one, which is embarrassing in in and of itself. The long barrel parachute <laughs> did. Um, how can I put this politely? Nothing. Yeah. And my HQ ended up driving around in a vest. It did, yes. Yeah. Jump from one Vesp, which then probably from a Panzer three into a Vesp that then exploded yep. into the other Vesp that exploded, ending up being the last the last Vesp alive. Yep. Defending the objective manfully. So uh, like simply the Vesp. What but what was the mission? It was it was the was it oh God. <laughs> <laughs> was it counter attack? It was counter attack. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I'm not sure I like that. The attacker, didn't I? You did. Yeah, yeah we both attacked, and um, well, some of us did it better than others. Yeah, I, I, I think counterattacks one of those missions where it's less the defender wins as the attacker loses, because it's yeah. a very it's a very hard mission for the defender, especially the list you had. It didn't it didn't did famous being on the defense for that one, but. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've played that about seven times now in the last three months. Wow. Well, is is that because everyone takes the attacker stance? Yeah, because uh, why would you defend? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I think it's, it's I'm I think next time I'm gonna try and get some hands of grenadiers in. So it's probably gonna be one less uh T thirty four. That's a fair trade off for the blocking yeah. ability and the building ability. As much as it's fun to go full potato on a list, mm. the combined arms element is really important. Yeah, and I think you know, it just gives you something else. They can sit on something. It's just another platoon. I think that's the other problem I had is I had three platoons, four platoons if you count the uh, HQ. Mm. Um, so defending stuff was a bit problematic. So at least if I got just some infantry. The problem is it's infantry that's good. It's good against other soft targets, but it's not going to stop anyone rolling over the top of it because you can't afford to give it anything. So it's got, I either give it the short platoon and then give it, uh, I don't know, Panzanakas or yeah. an AT rifle or something. Um, but then it, you know, it's quite small then. I think it's only five stands. And then, uh, or we go, you go the big blobber, so you get seven stands and then it's just a bit more vulnerable, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to play around with it. I'm going to have a look. It's not, it's not dead. It just needs uh, tweaking, I think. Also, it needs to go up against some Soviets. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be ideal, I think. Well, hopefully I should mind mine done soon. Well, we'll to what I've been up to, which is painting, yeah. painting, and more painting. Mm. Yeah, so... You've been a busy little beep. 
haven't you? <laughs> but the mind's trying to fill in that blank right now. But yes, yeah. yes. I yeah, so yeah, I managed to find some old original, original Soviets I bought. So I got a rifle, a rifle, like hero, a hero rifle company. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. like, ten, like 10 stands or so. I managed to find the riders for the white scout cars as well. So getting them painted to drop in. Nice. And I bought a box of Valentines as well because you can have like a little um, hero Valentine platoon in the formation. Can. What did you cool. have? Which uh, what six pounders or the? Well, I'm, bu- I'm building. I'm building all all ten turrets. I got the five early okay. turrets, and then the five late turrets, of which two of them are the six pounder variant. Oh, nice. Because you can upgrade. Because you got obviously upgrade up to half of them. So in five, you only ever have mm-hmm. two six pounders. Yeah. Mm. Are you going red stars or white stars? It should right. So the photo I found of <laughs> Valentine had a white star. But white on the khaki grey just didn't look good, so I went red star. Fair. Yeah. Swapped it out <laughs> for artistic uh, license. Artistic license, exactly, yeah. And uh, yeah. Who, who's to say there wasn't a Valentine that was red star? And I, my friends in the enactment are now going to be cringing because it's, it's a whole negative thing. <laughs> yeah, but they're your, they're your, they're your war dollies. Mm-hmm. They are. I do like the idea that you did some research and just went, mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've well, all done that at, at one point. Yeah. I, I, I found... proved to myself there were stars, which is the main thing. I was, I was even ahhing about star, no star. And yeah. most of the photos didn't have a star on. And I found really? one that had a star. I went, that's it. <laughs> that that's my That's my one piece of Confirmation bias. Yeah. None of them had sunskirts on. None of them had smoke grenades. So I, I didn't bother putting those on. And yeah. Nice. I feel like I'm almost historical. <coughs> I'm about 90% historical. There you go. They're looking lovely as well, because the rotors look nice. So, you know, it's going to yeah. be a, a good-looking army, I think, when it comes together. It's interesting, because it could be two shades of green, the shade of, like, khaki. It's just, there's no different paint scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the, so, was, like, the scout cars are, like, American olive drab. The T-34s are dark Soviet green. And obviously now I'm going to Valentine's, which is going to be the weird British service colour apparently <laughs> exists in the Soviet force. Well, they they didn't bother repainting them because why would you? Well, yeah, it's a perfect colour for on the plate on, on the plate and steps. It's like I, I, it's basically it's basically Dunkel Girl. It's like I, the Brits <laughs> the Brits called it. So and I they did. They do care, it I don't think they actually cared about what shade it was. Just that they couldn't be bothered to repaint it. It was going to die soon after. <laughs> chuck it out the door. <laughs> Bless them. It'd be quite blue and they'd still just throw it out the door at that point. Should we put on some egg corrosion primer? Yeah. Uh, well, you could. Well, you could do, but... <laughs> yeah, they're not known for their innovative paint scheme, were they, the Soviets, at any period? Maybe they do some experimentation with um, camouflage. You know, it's just like applying mm. muddy stripes on occasionally. But it was never a, never a huge thing, apart from whitewash, obviously, in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. At yes. that point, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, it's one of the simplest camouflages you can do. So it's like, either it's a bugger to try and replicate on a model. Yeah, I need to figure out some ways of doing it. Not the camo. Yeah. I keep near to do a winter-themed army, and I keep thinking, but I, I, how often do I play on the winter-themed table? And it's just like, I talk myself out of it every single time. Yeah, I, d- I did do it for my. Um, I did fins for bolt action, and they're all in the winter gear. And um, I really enjoyed painting the tank. I had a T twenty six, the little Vickers mm-hmm. yeah. light tank. 
And uh, that was good fun to paint because I sprayed it white, painted the tracks, and then got some um, green sponge, green paint and sponge, and did chipping. To basically did the chipping technique for the undercoat. Oh yeah, okay. So you did I'd, reverse chipping almost. Reverse chipping, yeah, yeah. It was really weird, and it worked really well. I was like, oh, well, that was that was quick. Mm-hmm. <coughs> they, they're, want... the, they're the platoon on skis who uh, have never seen action on a snowboard. Uh, the most use they've got out of their skis is there was one board that had a lake with a little boat on, and mm-hmm. they that water skiing behind the boat. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm historically accurate. Oh, blimey. <laughs> So, uh, so going as far away from uh, the Winter War as we can probably get at the moment in both yeah. scale and uh, climate, oil war. Yes. The eternal yeah. battle between sesame and olive oil. Oh, just It's got to be olive, olive oil for me. You can't do a stir fry with olive oil. It's just wrong. Really? Yeah, it's got, got, got to be sesame. What about one of those like palmine spray bottle oils? That, oh god! That, well, that's just oh, oh god! Is that OP? Is that too much? I don't know what that, that, that is. That's not that's not even oil. That's, I don't know what that is, but uh, hey, yeah. cut, culinary tips and break for assault. So yeah, <laughs> the arbitrary break of a podcast. You're listening to what? <laughs> <laughs> so name your top ten oils in in ascending order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ultimate April Fools, wasn't it? <laughs> Just where does WD forty come into it? I mean, is that an oil? Oh, that's that's definitely one of the most flammable oils I know of. Are they technically <laughs> yet yeah, not a lubricant? There you go. Who knew? It's a water dispersal. There you go. It is. God, look, top, top tips. This is like life hacks now. This, this is what happens when you share podcasts with two engineers. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> two aerospace engineers. What are the odds of that? <laughs> what are the odds of that? Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Well, my uh, my PDF has just crashed. Oh. Well, thankfully, I've got the old-fashioned paper version here. So. Oh, oh, oh show off. Yeah. <laughs> favoritism. <laughs> Nepotism. I, I think we can safely roll out any kind of favoritism when it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they still recover. They still fully forgive me for the chief to, chief and smoke grenades debacle. <laughs> <so. laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so oil war. So we we have the um, PDF and one copy of the hardback um, to basically do a preview of, and you'll be, we'll be this will be coming out post embargo, so we won't get in trouble, unlike Thanks. a certain um, video based website. Thought that we're better much. <laughs> Stealing our thunder, um, yeah, it's our, it's our thunder. We get we get the time zone working in favour of us. <laughs> yes. So, oil war. Team Yankee book. Okay. Um, can, can I can I just start off? It's not the desert conflict for the Americans or British. It's not any of that stuff. So no, no Apaches, no Bradleys, no challenges, no challenges. It's it is World War Three in the desert at the beginning of yeah. The, so let's let's talk background. So obviously it's, it's one of the questions people are asking: How does that actually fit into Team Yankee? Which is a good question, and it's had some thought behind it. So basically, we're picking up halfway through the Iran-Iraq War. So that's still that's 
So everything <coughs> 19, 1985 is still happened pretty much as we you know as it does in the actual historical reality. So Israel and Syria had a bit of a coming together in Lebanon, and Iran and Iraq again in a bitter war of attrition, basically over the border between those two countries. Now, how it, basically it fits in the Americans are conscious that the Russians might try and make a play in the Iraqi oil field. So they basically are trying to provide some sort some support for the Iraqis. And obviously in reality, if we had to choose Iraq and Iran, most of the world had chosen Iraq <laughs> because Iran had basically managed to pee everyone off. Um, so they were giving them equipment and and support basically and had basically pre deployed um, the American 101st to Egypt for war games and exercises, Operation Bright Star. Uh, in counter to this, the Russians have basically been providing material support to Iran to help them to, uh, to basically support them against Iraq. And then they basically come in and say, right, guys, um, you'll notice we've got all these tanks now in your country with um, various advisors. Now, either you play you play ball with us, or we're going to try to take over your country anyway, and we're going to go help you to get your fields in Iraq. So it kind of gets around the whole thing of why why would Russia and Iran ever cooperate together? Because in reality, um, the Soviet Union was quite peeved about Iran supporting various um, Islamic republics, well, what become basically like likes of Chechnya and obviously Afghanistan, that kind of thing. Um, but basically, saying well, they had a devil's choice here: either they either they come either they come willingly, or they or they don't come at all. Um, and that sort of steers us in how it fits into the Team Yankee environment. So the Americans kind of reacting to the Russians, the Russians kind of reacting to the Americans. Both of them have got their, have got their chips in place ahead in the build of tensions, and come the start of World War Three, as it were, the Russians basically stop that, stop pretending and actually full full on launch an assault into Iraq, and then the Americans basically scrambling to push support in. Mm-hmm. And that's why basically Iraq gets uh, um, American air support and a NATO allied formation spot, and the, Iran gets Soviet air support and um, a Warsaw Pact allied slot. So yeah. it's a little contrived, but it's it, it's the best you, it's the best you could probably get without going for the um, having basically Iran as a third party. It's just there in between two superpowers, which is what Harold recorded in one of his other books, Four Point. Okay. Now Syria and Israel kind of they're sort of an aside. So Syria, Syria is sort of given a heads up by Russia that World War Three is coming effectively, and therefore the Americans might be a tiny bit distracted. So now it's probably your best chance to get going on heights back. Although it's probably a marginal case, so that's your best chance. But um, but that's, so basically that's what so it's the Syrians are there keeping the Israelis busy, knowing that the Americans can't really afford to support Israel, so Israel will be on its own on this one. Right. Okay. There you go. That's basically how it all fits into Team Yankee in terms of <coughs> why, why we have allies and why we're fighting these two wars. Right. In a nutshell. So, and the reason it's oil wars, because obviously the whole thing is it's a, it's a play to capture the Iraqi oil fields, and also for all the Russians to kind of bring the Iranian oil fields into their sphere of influence. So, yeah. So, that's the background. Now, for those who are interested, there is actually a section saying about the real Iran-Iraq war, basically um, a two-page um, summary basically saying, well, if you actually want to play your proper Iran-Iraq war, mm-hmm. it's basically use these forces but don't take the, but don't take the allies and just use stand-ins for the air support. 
So use Iranian F4s in place of the same stats as Russian Su-25s, which kind of works. It's um, a Maverick. The Iranians use Mavericks on their um, F4s, and you've got the whole Kerry missile on the Su-25. Uh, similarly, you could use, um, yeah, use um, Su, um, older Su-17s as stand-in for the Harrier, effectively. So it just carries yeah. a whole, whole, whole metric ton of cluster bombs and everything. So yeah, it, it, it's it's nice they put that in there. So if you actually, and there are people who who like Iran Iraq War for some reason, they've quite worked out. Um, so they'll be interested in that. But basically, <coughs> the actual land forces are correct are kind of, you know pretty much correct to that time, for like a mid mid Iran Iraq War time frame. Right. So that brings us nicely into the forces. Because let's talk. Let's talk Iraq first. I'm going to talk Iraq because hey, everyone's everyone wants to talk Israeli, so we'll keep them listening to podcasts longer. Um, <laughs> so Iraq's probably is probably the more interesting of the remaining forces that aren't Israel, mainly because it's a really interesting mix of forces. Um, it's mostly a Warsaw Pact force. Mm-hmm. You've got your T-72s, you've got your T-62s, your T-55s. <laughs> Each of those are in your own battalions, so you can't mix them. Per se, you can have a T seventy two formation and a T fifty five formation, maybe, yeah. but you couldn't have a T fifty five platoon in a T seventy two formation. It's not like the West Germans in that respect. It's more like the um, Czechs and the Poles, where you can't mix it. Nope, that's a lie. Maybe you can mix as well. Yeah, so you've got, so you got seventy two, sixty twos, and fifty fives all yeah. separate formations, right? In okay. separate divisions, yeah. And then you've got two infantry um, formations as well. Um, your BMP formation. And a BTR formation. Now, the BMP formation is pretty much like any other Warsaw Pact BMP formation. The big difference is the actual Iraqis, rather than being some variation of fearless, um, fearless trained, are more um, sorry, fearless conscript, are more confident conscript. They're courage four plus, morale four plus, rally four okay. plus. But they are counterattack four plus as well. So you know, they actually will sort of stay around the fight, but they're only assault five. So. So they're entirely Lucky. average across the... Across they are the entirely field. average, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's like below average when it comes to skill, but the same as what most... In skill, they're the same as pretty much everyone else in the Warsaw Pact, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, where the BTR formation is interesting is, although, yes, you can fill with B, the uh, BTR-wheeled APC, you can exchange that for either the OT-64, which is um, the Czech-slash-Polish um, equivalent yeah. of the BTR, so you use those, or... You can take the AMX-10P, which is their um, French infantry fighting vehicle, because they have about a hundred of those. And so basically, um, you basically exchange out the BTRs for AMXs, which give you a slightly more punchier cannon. Uh, got a 20 minute cannon, and also a little bit more armour, a little bit more mobility on everything but road. The other interesting thing is about the about the BTR formation is they can have SAGA missiles. Which is again fairly typical for Warsaw Pact. But it's the older missile compared to their um, ones that are usually in their, in their um, Eastern, like their um, Soviets with their AT4. But they can change, exchange that for a, a Milan missile team, <laughs> which obviously has got a bit, which has a nice handy anti-tank 21, 36-inch range attack. So it's, it's got less range than the Saga, but obviously more punch. Yeah. yeah. And you can then, if you've got the AMX-10. Dismount that, te- that team. So it's a large team, so it's got three missiles on it, like most of the Soviet-style teams. But you can change that for mounting it onto three AMX-10Ps. So you can obviously put the missile onto posts. Yeah. Which, 
So it's, it's yeah, it's um, it's, really, it's quite an interesting way they do it. Of actually, putting like, that French equipment in. What I found interesting on that as well is that you pay the cost to upgrade all of the BTRs to AMX tens. Yeah, there's and no it's a flat cost. Yeah, it's a flat cost. It's basically well, we can't talk cost, but you effectively no. pay a a sum and it replaces all of them. It's not like a yeah. it's not like a one point per or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. So you yeah. get a bit of a, a break on the twelve BTR. Yeah. Formation compared to some of the smaller ones. Yeah, I think it works out when you by the time you do it about the same cost. Well, slightly less than the BMP formation, basically, mm-hmm. which is about right because your BMP's got a slightly punchier gun and missile system. Playing, yeah. playing devil's advocate, is that because uh, they decided they needed more Milan missiles in this game? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted, they not... wanted both sides to have have Milan spam going on. Yeah. yeah, it's not Team Yankee without Milan's, is it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is Team Yankee brought to you by Euro Missile. <laughs> <laughs> Later, um, so yeah, and also so that's interesting. They got that French equipment in there, and that continues into the four support. Yeah. Because you got all your normal stuff. You got your carnations, your your um, acacia, your hails. You got your spandrels, your gaskins, your gophers, and your hinds. But you've also got a few little things to creep in. So you can have acacias, or you can have the AMX off one. So about how it's got the auto loader rule, and yeah, yeah, which one of those two I'd rather have at that point. <laughs> Because that also loads this extra plus one to hit. It's going to be really handy, especially when the version 2 rules come in. Yeah. Um, instead of Spandrel, you can have the um, VCR Hot, which is basically a pan-hard 6 wheel chassis, which is, I'm going to be honest, it's a, it's, it's a vehicle only its mother could love. Cause it's really, yes. It's really, by standards of French equipment, it's really not a looker. Apparently, all the, all the good stuff that goes into making a Mirage 2000 or um, an AMX, <laughs> this, this, this got all the bad genes. <laughs> But it's packing um, a hammerhead hot missile launcher. So hammerhead means it stays on the ground, which is always handy. And yeah, it's anti tank 23 with a 48-inch range. So it's going to give you a fairly big boost. 23. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> like, it's like the Mephistos in the French force, basically. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with guided and heat. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's the little APC that could. Yeah. yeah. It really is. What it lacks in looks, it makes up for in just raw hitting power. Yeah. On the on the self-aware missiles, you've got the AMX Roland, mm-hmm. um, which it's, it's packed slightly more of a punch than the, than the very similar SA-13 Gopher, but slightly less than the SA-8 Gecko, which are also options. And then on the helicopters, you can have Heinz. You can have up to two platoons of Heinz. But both those slots can be high or gazelles, again, with a hot missile, not, mm. the, not the autocannon version. It even says in the rules about uh, in the fluff about how the Iraqis had um, generally did like a combo of like a hind formation with a gazelle formation. That's so hind's cool. so going with their rockets, clearing out the way for the, um, the gazelles, which were sort of um, picking off the sams that might be bothering the hinds. They, right. like, they did like bother, um, buddy to, um, thing there. So, you can, so it's a really good force if you can't choose to. Do I want gazelles or I want hinds? Have both. And they yeah. look, the gazelles look nice in that camo as well, don't they? They look really yeah. nice in the camo. I mean, that's one of the mm. nice things. As we said before on this podcast countless times, everything looks better in, better in desert camo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just does. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a rule. It's like looking at the chieftains in like the sort of flat um, tan colour that they use. It just yeah. looks cool. It looks really good. Like I say, desert, desert yellow and green camo just looks really nice. The Rockies look cool. They do look like a cool force, actually. We were talking about this on Wednesday, weren't we? Just, yeah. Um, 
It's kind of all the toys. They got all the toys. I think the only thing you can say against them is they got all the toys, but I don't think they're going to play terribly different to any other Warsaw Pack Force. They'll still very much, yes, they got all these cool equipment. Mm. They're still going to play very much like your East Germans or Czechs in that respect. Probably more like the Czechs because they've got a slightly lower morale. Because even even things like the the hot missile and stuff, essentially, it's just a slightly better spandrel. It does the same job. It's just yeah, and you haven't got yeah. the skill to really make the use of it in the same way a Western force does. So whereas you normally be pop off your missiles and try and shoot and scoot back out of sight, yeah, it's still skill skill five plus. So hey, occasionally yeah. it happens. Yeah. Can I ask a question on the observer? Have the observers still kept their better observing skill? Well, so far, cause obviously, it's written for version one. They have the yeah. observer rule which okay, hopefully so. will carry across to version 2. Because, okay. hey, everyone's got better equipment in the 80s. It's all your, your artillery computers mm. and maps and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not sure. We, we don't know yet what's going to happen with the Observer rule in version 2. Obviously, in version 4, observers don't really have anything special about them. No, I just wondered if it was written into the rules, so it's still there as Observer. So it's, just, it's, It just has observer, the Observer yeah. keyword, yeah, basically. So, so just as the Iraqis are normally based on Courage, Morale, Remount, 4+. plus. Yeah. Hit, on, hit on three plus. Hit on three plus. Skill five plus. A, a five up skill. Yeah. 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 I, I like to say that's probably fair for the performance. Probably, uh, it's you know I don't think they complaint to that. No. I think that. Well, I'm going to go on to the implications of that in a minute. Actually, once we discuss the other forces, but so I like the Iraqi force. Looking at it, it looks kind of it looks kind of cool. Um. If you have got a Warsaw Fort, Warsaw Paxile Force, it's probably one to do because you can have lots of the cool kit in there. Yeah. It's just if you already have a Warsaw Pack Force, you're kind of saying, uh, do I really want to go spend another X, X hundred quid buying all these tanks again? All the T-72s again. All the yeah. T-72s and all the AMX 10Ps and that kind of thing. It's going to be a, a thing there. But obviously, as people are looking forward to doing these forces, we can, we can see it on the, on the group. So they're going to be in for a fun time. I was looking at using my... Uh... Desert T-55s in in a list for for this, and then I saw quite how <laughs> the points breakers worked, considering that they are such old kit by this point. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't know what I'd do with the other eighty odd points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I the same thing looking at these radios. I thought, oh, maybe I could do this radio force using my Magac sixes. They got the wrong color, <laughs> but I thought, what what was basically ninety six point four in the in their um fate of a nation so he goes to wow um so I'm, so that's um about 30 points while the rest of the army yeah, yeah like I say they, they haven't aged well well they're still effective though aren't they i mean they are i mean obviously um yeah a t55 is still gonna be pretty effective against other t55s and that um yeah. t62 that's you know it's packing an 80 tank 90, an 80 tank 19 punch mm-hmm yeah T-72's um, got 21, so it's going to it's going to yeah. deal with everything, isn't it? Well, T-72 is by far the best tank in this in this period. Mm. Um, certainly in the Iran-Iraq War. I mean, it's arguably better than the Chieftain. It's, it's got the mobility, it's got the hitting power, it's got, right, maybe not as much armour, but certainly an adequate amount of armour for what it's facing. Um, and it's got a laser range finder, stabilisers, it's still brutal. It's a, it's a high-hitting package. It's got it got an age old problem with the T seventy two. It's rate of fire one. Yeah, that's that is which was an arguable thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I say Iraqi force or T. I like the idea of an Iraqi force of T seventy twos, a BTR um, 
So sorry, yeah. Look at so a T seventy two formation. So that's got three companies of T seventy twos, which so that's like up to ten tanks in each. A BTR formation, which get we're fielding the B, um, AMX ten Ps and the Milans, just because it looks cool. Yeah. And then you got um, obviously there's been shulkers in the formation, and that still leaves me. I uh, know some slots to put double hinds in or um, some oh, AMX oh, oh. AMX um, off one howitzers. Yeah, you want some. I think you, I think you do need some artillery in this because going on to the Iranians in a minute, you're going to need something that deals with infantry and lots of it. <laughs> yes. And quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think things like hails at three points are still a steal. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I said points. Sorry, Eddie. That's ah! fine. That's fine. Uh, hey, that's what you can say that because hails are still hails. I think. That'd be oh, fair. thank God. Oh, okay. Hail to the chief. Hail to the yeah. chief. Um, I think like that, your Marys, yeah. I'll edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> so reroll four dice. Go on. In terms of new models and mm -hmm. the Iraqi force, it is pretty much all your standard Warsaw Pack stuff. But you have got like say this new um, VCR um, eight tank vehicle. Yeah. And you've got like basically a Warsaw Packified um, Milan, mis Milan missile team. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, so basically, if you look at catalog section, you get like um, an Iraqi weapon set, which has one Milan team, one Saga team, and one Grail team. So you got all the options there. So you buy oh, one nice. of the company. Well, that's well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, because uh, obviously, if you be, if you if you're taking a fate, if you're doing like we've been talking about taking a fate of a nation, Egyptian army, and kind of using yeah. it in this role. Yeah. Um, well, you might already have the saggers and, and the grails because you never have too many saggers, as we found out. So that's never bad. Nope. You can just drop the Milan missile and team in. So really, it's just the um, grail that's kind of redundant. Yeah. And obviously, one thing, and like I say, we do also have that NATO slot. Um, yeah. And there's a section of the book saying about the kind of forces that might work in the in the context of this of this scenario. For supporting it and it's suggesting american rapid forces so hum the humvee mac guys um the 82nd um helicopter mounted infantry yep there's also some pre-positioned heavy assets in the egypt so you could still have your um abrams going in supporting some iraqi so you know, kind does of weird mention, the gulf war go later does it mention the marines it mentions the marines yep it mentions mm -hmm. marine, a marine expeditionary group being in, in the um, gulf region so again you could put marine like some lad 25s which is yeah, always cool. cool yeah and it also talks about the french cause obviously the french have a fairly big um part to play with the iraqis and support equipment so and the french also very specialized that sort of rapid deployment force concept yeah so yeah. french force in there no mention of british cause obviously we we were down in the likes of mars so it's not beyond the, the pale to have british forces in there but it just we get kind of lumped under the other NATO forces, but it's mainly talking about the American and French forces in that context. Which so is no Dutch. No Dutch. No Australians. Apparently the Australians aren't. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, there's no bars, is there? So there would be. They can't <laughs> yeah, be yeah. Secretly forward deployed bartending staff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like the Iraqi force. It feels like how the Iraqi force should feel. As a, a bizarre combination of Soviet kit with some weird occasional bit of ally, um, Western kit. Um, so I guess go on to Iran next, because obviously oh, that's yeah. well, well, that would be missing out the Syrians. Oh yeah, so yeah, Syria. Now everyone kept saying we've got Israeli in. How how does Israelis fit in? So some sort of weird thing where they go through Jordan to get to Iraq. Well, actually, like I say, it's two separate conflicts. You've got Israel versus Syria and Iran versus Iraq. 
the Syrians are basically a sort of one page, sorry, two page addendum, A, explaining the scenario, what they're trying to gain out of attacking Israel and how yeah. they're going about it. And then a bit basically saying, well, here's how you field it. Um, so it t- tells you about, it t- explain the real life, how the sc- core structure and the division structure. And basically it says, take the Iraqi list, take out all the Western kit and NATO support and instead put in Soviet support and a Warsaw Pact allied formation. Yeah. Interestingly, it does miss out the Milan missile in the, in the, in the BTR company. I'm, not, I'm trying to find out if that's because they actually had Milan, because they do crop up in weird places. Yeah. But, or whether it's just an oversight. So all the French kit disappears, all the yeah. you know, A-10 yeah. Warthog stuff. Yeah, you basically get okay. two fives, but you do keep that double hind slot. So I think you can do some funky things with the Syrians <laughs> compared to other Warsaw Pact forces. You can just do like a mini Afghanistan kind of Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have eight hinds, six two twenty fives. Oh, my God. Flash it out with some BTR troops or something like that. There's no, there's no like Afghanistan force. Because that week, because about, you, I think, um, my, I think Dylan was trying to work out if you could actually have um, an Afghanistan ally formation bringing its hinds, then the double hinds, and oh, But I think, I think you run out of points really, really quickly. But it'd be interesting. It'd be one of those things that'd be really interesting to see once. And then he goes, well, a how you gonna carry around all these hinds? Let's face it. Yeah. If I carry hinds around to the club, it's always gonna be the limiting factor of these armies. And you'll find up to the point where somebody realises what you're doing and really doubles down the stinger teams and um, other air defences. Yeah, ruins your day. Yeah. But I like the idea of it. It's, it's a fun it's a fun, it's a, it's a fun, mental exercise to try to work out how many hinds you can get. Ugh. So yeah, so that's the series, basically. It's it's not much, but it doesn't need to be much because Iraq Force basically got all the same structure. It just has the, the essentialities of the other equipment. And yeah. Because they have both, it's really easy to say, don't use that, don't use that, don't use that. Put this in, hey, it's Syria. And if people are going to complain about um, Syrians having Warsaw Pact support, I'm going to agree, it's entirely beyond the pale of having Syrians backed up by Russians, ground and air forces. That's never going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Iran. Iran. Iran's so far away. Um couldn't get away there you go <laughs> i like the iranians <laughs> i i i, I kind of like I, I i go between two extremes i can't work out if i like iran or not i like the idea of cheap chieftains in desert mm. camo i i really like that and it's one of those things i might as you know as you know i've got this on-off idea of doing um a kuwaiti yep. a, a kuwaiti scenario i like the idea of using iran as a basis because it's probably not too far off um yeah so iran Obviously, it has a problem that most of its office structures are either dead or fled to London. Um, so it's only it's only skill five plus, the same as the um, Iraqis, yeah. which actually gets to the interesting thing of how the infantry fights going to go. Because you have two infantry fights, you can't actually hit each other in assaults. So like a bunch of guys blowing around. A lot of dice, though. A lot of dice, yeah. Um, but obviously, because they were. Um, equipped by the West, um, Shah Iran, they've got lots of Western kit. In fact, they've got non-Western kit is almost the exception rather than the rule. So you've got your Chieftain Tank Company, you've got your M60 Company. There's no mention of the M48, because I think they just kind of get rolled into the M60. 
Um, you got M109 artillery support. You got Scorpion recce support. You got yeah. um, the AH1 Cobra. Two slots of those to provide air support. So it feels, and all the actual formations are organised in platoons rather than companies. Yeah. So chieftain yeah. formation is effectively um, free free tank troops and, a, and a, a, um, either a one or two tank HQ troop. So it all feels very much NATO-esque in that, in that respect. Where it gets a little eccentric is you start seeing stuff like Hales in support yep. and T62, a T62 formation, which is actually a T62, um, T62 with an optional T55 support. Um, and then you start realising, obviously, we're not in Kansas anymore because you've got those in there. Now, the actual infantry options, there's two of them. You've got an M113 mechanised group. Because again, Western support, they all had M113s. They were used a local version of the West German G3 um, Heckmann-Koch assault rifle, or battle rifle, I should say. Yeah. Um, and M47 Dragons. But they also, also bolstered that with, like, um, since then, both RPGs and SA7 Grails. So you've got that kind of merger of East and West going on in the, in the actual group. You can also replace the M113s with BTR-60s and BMPs. The BMPs being captured from the Iraqis, whereas the BTR is a mix of captured and acquired from the Koreans and Chinese. Because um, basically, the only people really willing to work with the, with, the, with the Iranians in this period are the North Koreans and the Chinese, both of who, being good communists, saw an opportunity to make money. Um, <laughs> By selling basically <laughs> knockoff copies of the of the T six two and T five and BTR. So it's yeah. So you, you can have like an, almost like a westernized platoon, but it's got RPGs and BMP ones. So like it's a it's kind of a nice justification of the actual concepts. Yeah. And it's still got like um, the M one thirteen tow vehicle and the M one thirteen missile ca- um, mortar carrier providing support. So you got all those western trappings, as it were. Is it still got that, that funky 106 recoilless thing? Yeah, it has to, yeah, it's, yeah, So you've got anti-tank options. I think it's an either-or. Yeah, it's an either-or. Oh, okay. You can either have two 106mm recoilless rifle M113s, yeah, or they you can cool. have um, two M150s, which is the M113 with the tow post on. I know which one I'd rather have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are... Recoilless is kind of handy. It is brutal. So, is it brutal? Yeah, it's brutal. So if you want it as a more of a Less a tank option, more of an infantry support gun. Yeah. It's quite handy in that respect. It's still an anti-tank 17. So you get a punch through most things, even a T-72 if you're lucky. So, it's a, yeah, I, I like I like the infantry formation. Also, it's got a tank slot. So if you wanted to have mostly T-62s, but you wanted to get some chieftains in, you could have a two-formation force, a tank, like um, a T-62 formation, and the and M-113 formation, use the M-113 formation to put that extra... Chieftain unit in. Oh yeah, that's clever. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, both could be read to be cheap formations. So. <clears throat> yeah, they're not. They're, none of that. I yeah. think that the thing about the Iranians is they're almost certainly going to be double formation, aren't they? At least. I think so. Because because you've got all these small platoon, like small platoon based forces rather than company based forces. Yeah. They're so going to max out the formations. Yeah, all the groups are all sort of two or three tanks. Yeah. They're very, they're, very, they're very much in the British model, because I think we, most of the guys who were there have gone through Sandhurst and the like, so mm-hmm. they follow that sort of British structure in that respect. Um, 
big thing to note with the Iranians is although they're skill five plus, we obviously have the advantage of being religious fanatics, so they're actually fearless. So they're courage three plus, morale three plus, rally three plus, counterattack three plus. Wow. Yeah. So obviously the guys who are left are, are, are fully on board this Ayatollah Mark, yeah. but, and they're um, going full in on it. So you might so it's going to be a bit of a cripple fight in terms of the actual um, fights in that five plus five plus skills. Yeah. But the Iranians are going to stick into it. So the Iraqis are going to be more likely to break off before the Iranians are. All the Iranians will fight to but you know, fight to wiped out, basically. Yeah. Yeah, if you really want something, though, you want the next option, though, don't you? Yeah, which is your infantry option. Yeah. So we, we have our very first light infantry formation. And so far as it's infantry with no transports. So we've had light infantry, but with helicopter um, transports. With the... Um, British Air Mobile and the American 82nd Airborne. This is really full-on infantry. It's, more, it's so like a, a World War II Soviet formation. It's unbelievable. Even yeah. down to your, um, you hit on three plus, but your infantry save is four plus, like um, so, a Soviet yeah. infantry company. Because yeah. these guys are just running full at you. There's no, <laughs> they're not really trying to use cover. It, they, these, their um, Basij are basically. Um, civilian militia they're armed with a case if they're lucky but a lot of old lienfields all um garands all kinds of weird stuff oh they are so cheap they are so yep. cheap i mean so that's as well a full strength company is 25 akm teams and 12 rpg teams Holy so, so if you hate painting infantry this is not the formation for you but <laughs> And you can have four of those companies in the form, in the bizarre but Basij formation. Yep. And they they get um support from the T sixty two or T fifty fives. And they've also got an anti tank slot for the recoilless jeeps. You can get up to six recoilless jeeps. Yeah, they're nice as well. Yeah. Now one thing to note with the actual infantry is it, they are very cheap, and like I say, stats the same as most Israelis, um courage three plus, skill five plus. Obviously yeah, it's yeah, lower infantry. Yeah, yeah, Iranians, not Israelis. <laughs> oh, Iranians, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh, I won. And you've just said a four plus. Mm-hmm. They have two also. Um, they've got Basij Assault and Martyrs. Martyrs is very much like the Ura rule for the Russians. It gives them a six inch assault range, contact range. Just so you can get more, more of the guys them. in, yeah. They get yep. that sweet, sweet um, eight, ten plus hits in the, on the opening. Um, the Basij Assault is a bit more involved. You've got an option. You can choose to use it at the start of the game. If you do, your units cannot benefit from bulletproof cover for the game, and they cannot be placed in reserve. But they effectively get a spearhead, a spearhead move. So it lets them basically deploy forward the rest of the force. Um, you still can't get within 8 inches of the enemy team if not concealed. You still can't get in 6 inches deployment area. So you're, it's going to be limited in how often you can use it. It's nice that it's an optional thing. You don't have to use it if it's not suitable but yeah. if you can't use it you can get your guys up there all of a sudden you've got a big blob about you know about 37 infantry suddenly sitting and not not terribly far away from the enemy um and then like i say you've got your eight you've got your eight inch tactical move either your four inch hollow immediately six inch assault, a six inch assault range you can in theory get a turn one assault if the enemy's right on their setup line yeah they're coming at you aren't they they are Very coming hard. at you and they're soaking all the fire, so all the good stuff behind it can survive and get there. Well, yeah. 
these these are very much the human wave attacks that occurred in the Iran Iraq war. So they were very much um, task focused guys to say, you clear out this section, get over the barbed wire, use yourself to cross the barbed wire, <laughs> not, not um, sugarcoat yeah. this, and take out those bunkers. And if, if take out those bunkers is because they use all the ammo shooting you all up, then hey, that still works. <laughs> clear that minefield. Don't yeah. my detectors. <laughs> yeah, you should just in that one. <laughs> Jesus. It's it. Royal Rock is is a very grim war, but it's no, it's really no getaway. It's you know, it's, it's a before the whole Syrian conflict. It's the last war where chemical weapons are used against, you know, military and civilian targets. It's it's not a nice war. Let's get rid of him. No. I mean, there's no nice wars. This definitely isn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, on the they're not gonna like you say they're not gonna kill stuff and assault, but they're not gonna run away. No, and so you're just gonna. I don't know, if you've got a small elite tank unit sitting there, quite happily guiding your objective, mm-hmm. you just you just can get pushed off it. You are. You, you, you will you will fail a roll before they do. I'm a certain. Yeah. Well, uh, if you look at the um the mid sized, uh, is it a company battalion company? Company. So it's it's twenty five stands. Yeah. So you can get you can easily get three of those. No, no. Oh, sorry, the mid-sized one, yeah, sorry, yeah. mid-sized one, yeah. yeah. You can easily get three of those blobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And still have plenty of points left over for, at, you know, other stuff as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's 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 doubling down the whole Horde army concept for that way. It's something else, yeah. I, I just think, think something, that's quite, you know, that's not an expensive use of points. Obviously, we're not going to tell you say how many they are, but, you know, that's that's quite a lot to distract your opponent with. It's one way to deal with the lad spam. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no ta- yeah, I've got no tanks. Well done. Yeah, I, I can't use bulletproof cover, so my lands are now worthless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't shoot me. Or, or no, your lands aren't worthless. You can use my lands to kill my anti-tank jeeps. Jeeps. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's if you're looking for a reason to do an army, and like say you want something to be distinct from the rest of uh, any other Warsaw Pact or Western force, this is very much it. Yeah. You have to you have to really like painting infantry, and the infantry are kind of cool because they're a mix of like um, the sort of West German style troops the rest of the Iranians use, and also some new sculpts with like AKs and like bandanas and baseball mm-hmm. caps. They're really ha- hammering home the whole sort of civilian military. Right tag, yeah. So yeah, I like I, I like I like it as a concept. I'm not sure it's an army I'd want to do, but I do like it's doing something different. Yes, uh, and I think it, and I think it gives us that thing we're missing in the wars. Some never place all wars. It gives us something that plays differently. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can kind of do it with Warsaw Pact forces, but you always kind of it's kind of a waste, really, of, of semi decent troops. These guys, it's not a waste. They are they are very much designed to do this, and they have yeah. a, a special rules and system in doing it. So, um, that's the formations. Term support highlights scorpions. Everyone loves scorpions. Yeah, yeah. They got scout. They got spearhead. Um, they hit on three plus. That scout and spearhead is going to be doing a lot of work. Um, <laughs> they still have the six-inch tactical because apparently that's how they think scorpions work. I, I, I have, I have a, a scorpion crew member who, who who has a lot of issues with this. <laughs> He's got about it every time I talk to him about it. Um, but it, they work very much like British ones, albeit they're not as good as the British ones in terms of the crew rating. But they yeah. give you that spearhead, and that's always handy when it comes up. 
And the scorpion, it's, it's always got that handy little gun. It's very easy to underestimate a scorpion. Is that the um the, the sort of low velocity seventy six one? Exactly, it's a low low yeah. pressure seventy six millimeter. So it's eight tank fourteen, firepower two, and it's um, heat and smoke. So it's you know it's it's a handy little gun. And sneak mm. and peak. Yeah, so sneak and peak just means you can do a ten inch tactical if you're only firing machine guns. Ah, okay. So it's basically representing the fact that the gun because it's a two man turret and right. the commander's quite overworked. Um, it limits to how they can move and shoot. But if you're okay. firing a machine gun, the gun can just do that. That command hadn't really do much. So yeah. you go back to the 10-inch technical. Right. But thing about thing about the Scorpion this, or this any of the CVRTs is their dash speed. So you've got your 20, mm. 28-inch cross cross country dash. <laughs> eight, the road. Yeah, 18-inch yeah. um, terrain dash. So for a track vehicle, it's it's nippy, and it's cross three plus. So it's going to go places. Right. It's probably going to win that um, recce battle as well, isn't it, against the BTR, uh, BDRM yeah. and stuff? And yeah, it really should do. I mean, like I say, mm. it's got a, it's got a hard hitting gun there. So against a BRDM with its basically glorified machine gun, yeah, yeah, you yeah. go wreck it. No, see, so because you're a scout, you can be hugging the cover better until it's up, um, the correct time to shoot. Whereas BRDMs don't get that; they just get speared. No. Yeah, they also get stuck as soon as they look at anything that isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my BRDMs always forever get like hitting hitting a squirrel or something. It's just yeah. cheap. <laughs> They're cheap for a reason. Yeah, you also get um, tow jeeps. So nice. Yep. So tow jeep. Yep. Well, you say that. My very tow jeeps. So you get to do anything of any great value. <laughs> but it's got a forty-inch range. As long as you can sit in the back and use the range to your benefit, it's going to yeah. give you a bit of anti tank punch. Yeah, but they scale fire. They're not going to be blitzing and shooting and scooting, are they? They're no. going to be. And he has to freeze. You really got to have to use the range and just hope yep. to get you through. Um, I think one thing to note, sorry, going back on it, it's a ch- on the Chieftain, it's your best anti-tank, apart from the tow, but it's only anti-tank 20 because it's um, only got the old-style APDS rounds, not the thin rounds. Yeah. So it, it, it's got better armour than the T-72, but the gun's... Well, the gun's adequate for killing the T-72. It's just not as good as the British... You know, the 22 you get on the British one. Yeah, and the armor seventeen is better than nothing versus the one twenty five millimeter, <laughs> but it's not going to be. You know, it's it's not great, but it's accurate. As long as you don't move them, you're going to be. You know, it's, it's, it's as good as having a laser rangefinder. Yeah. Um, as we said, you've got M one nines. You got hails. There's no special rounds in these. You're just firing HE and smoke. Yep. Um, air support. You haven't got air support in the formations, but you do have the ZSU-57, which is the old 1950s era stuff, and the ZSU-23. There's actually a new rule, which is um, manual tracking for the ZSU-57, which means it actually has a plus one penalty to hit fast-moving aircraft, which is basically a, a sort of almost the same as you have in FOAN, where you have to have a radar mm. not to have that penalty. Yeah. So it's reflecting the fact most things are a radar, but here, if you're using something that's basically... Probably by two two guys with a little rope, you know, but with a little um, dial. Then here's here's what you got. But it's it's dirt cheap. It is. I mean, it's dirt cheap compared to a shulker. Yeah. And it's it's quite good against ground. It's a quite little um, ground support weapon. I mean, Simon uses his um, CSU against my guys. He wiped out my tow jeeps in one game. The, the things. Yeah. Part, so, so they put out three shots at eight, eight, nine, five, yeah. power four. It's enough to shred things. Yeah. 
Um, other highlight, Cobra. Yeah. So you got two slots for Smexy in desert. It does. Yeah. Um, so I say the Shah of Iran invested in attack helicopters. He bought um, the Sea Cobra, so it's a it's a more with a rounded cockpit and the twin engine. Um, but also, it still carries tow missiles. It's still got twenty meter gun. In terms of game performance, there's no real difference between those two models. <laughs> but but Lee knows. Lee knows. Lee's, 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 <laughs> Lee yeah. knows that it's not the right model. It's, it's my it's my it's my it's my Nam issue all over again. But um, <laughs> but hey, it's, 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 most people aren't going to care. Yeah. A cobra's a cobra. I'll just be sitting there looking like at some weird chip away the cockpit. <laughs> but it, it gives you that. And it gives you more of that anti tank twenty one good stuff yeah. in terms of punch. Do you think? They promise you rain. Oh, I'll say, do you think you'd be using the rocket pods much? Because the skill rating again, or I don't think I, I, I very rarely use them on the skill four plus um, American. Yeah. If you're using the rocket pods, it's nice to have, but you feel like you're wasting the you're wasting the helicopter. Yeah. You, should, you should be sitting back, punching away with their toes, or hunting down their helicopters with a twenty millimeter. So um, yeah. It's got thermal imaging as well, which is quite handy. So you can always choose to do a night fight, which will throw the other guy off because you wouldn't be expecting it. And then you use the thermal imaging on them and your dragon missile. Basically, um, I'd say like the dragon hasn't got it in this game. No. Um, so yeah, so you can just use it on the Cobras at night to sort of go, A, get your infantry closer, it could be even harder hit. So you yeah. pair these guys up with your Bazige infantry, move those guys up under the cover of night while your helicopters are picking off anything that might threaten them. It does yeah. seem like the perfect. I like this tank. I like a hodgepodge of tanks, but I can't decide which army to do. I can't be bothered to do an army of the same tank. It almost is a summary of oil war. It's basically it's for the it's for Captain Indecisive. Can't work out if he wants to do NATO, Warsaw Pact. Why bother shooting? <laughs> between if you want, hey, I can't decide between doing Soviets or French. Do Iraq. If you can't choose between doing America slash Britain or Warsaw Pact, do Iranians. <laughs> There is the, the 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 there is a part of me that sits there and goes, oh, I, oh I'd like to do that. That looks it would be really cool, but I can't bear the idea of buying duplicate <laughs> models that I've already got with my Western armies. Yeah, I must admit, I'm just I've been, I've been trying to work out because I bought a whole lot of chieftains, the intention in free RTR. I yeah. keep thinking when the challenger comes out, am I really going to go, uh, <laughs> go back to the chieftains? Maybe I should paint some in desert town. <laughs> That's the thing. I've, the chieftains are going to be my NATO force. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I've got the models, but I can't bear to take them out of the the British pile. Yeah. I, I think enough chance to hand to my Brits by the time uh, uh, the new Brit book comes out later in the year, as we all know is coming. Then we'll see. But I suspect I will still be doing chieftains because it's just like say I've got to do chieftains. The chieftains, man. Yeah. Oh, come on. You know, a chieftain beats a chally any day. <laughs> In every way, apart from in reality, yeah. <laughs> or mechanical reliability. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. You know, uh, any, <laughs> on any measured <laughs> metric, the challenger will beat the chieftain. But in every other way, the chieftain will win. If you really like taking engines out of tank, the chieftain <laughs> is definitely a tank for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got an interest in um, in like mechanical engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like seeing uh, interesting solutions to problems that didn't really exist, the chieftain <laughs> is the tank for you. If you've got any roasted glasses about the about British 1970s automotive engineering, <laughs> <laughs> free yeah. with every purchase of a chieftain. 
Well, the Iranians were on course of solving the problem with the Chieftain's power plant by buying a, a Chieftain that didn't have a British Leyland engine. Eventually, that, and that became the basis of the challenge of the Challenger. Basically, there's a Shah, the Shah tank, um, which had early Cobham armor, a Rolls Royce power plant. They called it the Chieftain 900, I think. But then the whole Shah um, decided to stay in London for obvious reasons. And that fell through, and the British army goes, "Can we have a new tank?" And, um, <laughs> it got chieftain, again challenger. Yeah. Yes, um, but this is the chi chi challenger, and you can have. We'll create a new version. We'll call it challenger two, and it's like the World War Two ones. Go, do I not exist? Surely a challenger three. <laughs> yeah, three. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. It's, it's quite funny because they just started. They just started the marketing hype for the challenger three, which is like the new one has the. 120mm smoothbore by Rymato in it. And they call it the Challenger 3. And the World War II nerds are going, actually, I think you'll find it's the Challenger 4. Or, <laughs> I think you'll find. Push your glasses up. Um, yeah. Well, I tell you what, you stand outside this tank and tell me what it's called. And I'll stand inside this tank and I'll tell you what it's called. And we'll see who wins. It's still got a kettle. Right. Should we do, should we do Israel? Because everyone's been waiting for probably patiently. Yeah. I'm not going to do timestamps of this podcast. I'm just going to, I'm going to let people hunt for it. In that case, there is one last list you've got to do before we get there. Oh, uh-huh. yes, there is one last list. Sorry. But you're, Lee, you're saying you've done Iraq, you've done Iran, you've done Syria, you've got to do Israel. There's no other countries. There's one more. Yes, we've got a bonus country. Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. We have the T-60, um, Soviet T-62M tank battalion. Yeah. So it's it's not a force per se, it's a formation, but it's to give you um, the sort of most typical formation to support like the Iranians, because um, the T-62s were basically, by this time, second line units. Um, they were very much earmarked to support the Bulgarians or Romanians in the southern front against Greece and Turkey. But in this case, obviously being sent via the train round to, the, uh, round to um, Iran. Uh, so it's basically what we saw in the web. So it was a PDF. They put in the book. It's quite nice to have in there. And like I say, it gives you the formation. It's, it, um, one thing is you will need red funder. You've got the stats of the T-62 itself, but all the support options like BMP, the BRDM, the Gaskins, they're not actually in the book. So you need red funder for that. But hey, it's, it's nice they put it in there just for completeness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I suspect that means it won't be appearing when they, when they did the second, the third Russian book later. But um, there you go. So yeah, there you are. We, I, I've now run out of excuses not to do Israel. The Armoured Train Wreck of a Podcast <laughs> we've been listening to. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, no. oh, we're going to put it behind a paywall, are we? Oh, oh, there we yeah. go. That'd be a really good way of losing a lot of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Micro purchase. Also, 79p. Yeah. People, do you really think people are going to pay for this rubbish? Honestly, <laughs> I'm surprised anyone listens for it to free. I was going to say. <laughs> people don't really pay me not to listen to it. <laughs> okay, Israel. The, so, real reason, the real reason you buy it, oil war. Yeah, it, it, it's on the front cover for a reason, let's face it. So the front cover's got a picture of a nice Bacava. It's got a picture it's it the k is minimal so it's like macava right so from this point on 
I, I say Eddie is going to now put that over it. See if I, my voice only changes to Eddie saying yeah. that. Yeah, recover. <laughs> recover. Recover. Um, recover. Recover. Um, so yeah, cover cover tells you exactly why you're buying this book. You got the um, AH ones in the air. You got um, you got a troop of McCovers on the road. <laughs> and the... <laughs> just call it that tank. That yeah, tank. The, the tank. The tank. And then the van, <laughs> as a fans as well. Just taught me as to why they weren't in favor of the nation. Um, <laughs> this is the book of why were you not in favor of the nation? Um, so formation wise, like all the other forces we've done, the tanks are segregated segregate by formation. So you can't mix your Mark Ones, your Mark Twos, or Magak Sixes. They're in discrete formations, but you can, you can kind of mix by doing a, a tank formation and an infantry formation because yeah. infantry gets a lot. Um, you also have an infantry platoon, mechanised infantry. There's no paratroops or anything in this. It's just a uh, mechanised inf. And you can also take a NATO ally formation to basically represent the Americans, fight, scraping something to send to help out the guys. Okay. If, they, if they really need it, I don't think they will need it. Um, you've, got two, you've got two artillery slots, so you can have double M109s or M109s and 120 millimeter mortars. You've got two got two eight tank slots. One is tow jeeps, which you'll know from Fever Nation. They got thermal now, which is kind of handy. And the other is one one of the new units, the Pereira, which is one of the funkiest units you go find. Now it's, it's something that made a lot of people look silly. I'll tell you why. So there's a missile called Spike, and Spike's uh, anti tank missile. It's kind of a bit like um, a bit like a Milan. You fire it, it's got a tow line. And then they, um, oh, oh, it's like, oh, I got it, sorry. And then they released Spike non line of sight. And everyone assumed, oh, it's just a scaled up Spike anti tank. It was really cool because you can launch it, like, lob it ballistically, and then you can guide it onto the target via the camera. It's got a radio link, so it's not even defined by the fiber optic line. Now, in 2012, Israel declassified Parer. And suddenly everyone looked a bit of an idiot because they suddenly realized. Spike non-line of sight was actually the first missile, and Spike anti-tank was actually basically a cut-down version that came out afterwards. <laughs> and also realised, so you realised why his um, M48 chassis has been hanging around, <laughs> because what they'd done was take an M48 chassis, build a fake turret that had a pop-up missile in, pop-up missile launcher, like a 12-cell missile launcher in a sight, but it stays down. It looks like a tank with a very big bustle. But hey, tanks with big bustles are kind of in thing in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and it just pops this missile up, and because it's like, because it doesn't need line of sight, these missiles are hanging at the back. So you don't really see them anyway. It's just when they're road marching around. Yeah, yeah. But it gave them a standoff anti-tank missile, so you can have these things behind your front line, and as your enemy tanks are coming in, you're what? popping popping these off and lobbing over your own tanks and down to the enemy. I've just seen the range on this thing. Yeah. Yep. Range 64 inches. It's got a minimum range of 16 because it takes a while for this missile to gather itself up. But range 64. So you are keeping these guys on the back, right but behind a very large object on your back line, preferably with anti-aircraft systems standing nearby. Holy moly. It can, you got, yeah. Yeah, you got three of them yeah. in the platoon. Um, Stat-wise, 8 tank 21. That's pretty, you know, it's not too shabby. It's not hot, but you know, 8 tank 21 can be more enough versus a T-72M. It's heat, so it's um, you know, it's not going to lose that tank penetration for the range. After yeah. 64 inches, that's kind of handy. 
But the other rule is NLOS, non-line of sight. And that means you don't need to be able to see your target. But the target counts as being concealed, whether you can see it or not. And that's just because you're basically trying to aim, aim using a 1980s charge device, basically. <coughs> it's going to be a bit grainy compared to what the modern thermal does. Um, but hey, I mean, it's, it's a fairly effective tank system. You can still back up with some tow jeeps if you want to. Um, and you can use this to basically pick off the enemy's artillery or anti-aircraft systems so your own anti-air, your own aircraft can come in. Jeez. I can see these guys being used to fit out you know, anti, like ASUs or um, SA9s, that kind of thing. Just allow your, your own aircraft to go in easier. Just so they can literally hit anything on the board. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... They've got a machine gun, an AA machine gun, should you want to go around and use them direct fire. Yeah. They've got armor fire, front armor fire, side armor four, top armor one. It's a tank, it's a tank chassis, basically. Yeah. But um, it is basically a, an artillery system for tens of purposes. You set it back and you just pop off missiles each turn. Just, all I can hear is, you know, the whole Star Wars like, what a hunk of junk. And it's like, hey, <laughs> she's got it where, where it counts. Yeah. <laughs> all the turret. It's, it's... All in the turret. Uh, poor... Uh, poor Massively abused M48 chassis is <laughs> just ticking along. But, uh... So, what are you um, what are you firing these at? Are, they, are these mainline battle tank killers, or I, you can do, but I think, but I think there's better ways of doing it. I think these guys, like I say, you're using them for um, what we call d- dead, D-E-A-D, destruction of enemy air defences. You're popping these guys off to fill out the enemy SAM, so your attack helicopters can come in. Okay. Or you're using these guys to take out um, artillery. If the enemy's artillery has been particularly bothersome, like yeah. hails do against my Israeli infantry all the time. Use these guys to take out the enemy hails. Just pop or, them off. or rocket jeeps. Or... Yeah. And it, it, basically, you're using these guys to take out any high-value target. And if there's no high-value targets, they'll kill T-72. So, yeah, just, <laughs> just keep <laughs> five those as well. How far are BMPs? It's, it's going to kill stuff. Yeah. Twenty-one on the three plus is gonna it's gonna do some work yeah. for you, isn't it? I, I can, can I mean, you shoot helicopters with them. They're not guided, so no. Oh, that's yeah. that's a nice thing. They've actually they've actually got rid of that, but um, by basically saying they're not guided, because obviously the whole thing is you can use them normally because they've got the guided stats and guided weapons can shoot helicopters. Right. They don't have the guided tagline, so they can't shoot helicopters, and I like that because it's one of those things that sort of. Yes, you can do it, but it's probably overrepresented in the game. And this yeah. sort of that. And that's like, uh, so that's, that's one of the new units Israelis get. And I think it's one that most Israeli players will, will put in. It's not terribly expensive points wise. It's more expensive than a tow system, but not massively so. Yeah, you it's, it's support. You can only have it as a um, force support. Yeah, force yeah. support of one to two. Yeah. So, so yeah. three of them turning up, but that's it. So no, no chicken littling of like this. The, the, the sky is falling, please, guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I say the fact, the fact is only anti-tank twenty-one. As I, I, I was expecting a higher tank value. I must expect. So it makes it a bit less of a super weapon as well, which is quite good. I don't know. It's only one shot, isn't it? Yeah, you, 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 thankfully, you, you only fire one of those each turn. So yeah, so yeah. three. Basically, you got three anti-tank twenty-one shots reaching out across the table each turn. And yes, that's going to hurt. Don't get me wrong. It's going to probably get, get the entire attention of every enemy air, air asset <laughs> and yeah. artillery asset around. But yeah, 
I like it's it's quite cool. It's quite, it's something we haven't seen in the game before, and I, and I always like things we haven't seen before in the game. Right, so back to um, the Macava. That tank. That tank. That tank number one. I was, pra- I was practicing it, and I can't do it. It's horrible. Uh, so you've got Mark 1 and Mark 2. Um, very much, you look at it, go, it's very much a Chieftain Steel Brewer with, with a worse gun. It's not a super tank by any means. Um, it's quite, it's quite it, for its cost, it's quite a balanced tank. It's got a very high armor, front armor. It's got... I mean, it's got a 105mm gun, so it's like a it's hitting slightly less than Abrams. Um, say so 8 tank 19 cause it hasn't got a DU round, it's only um, tungsten. But it's brutal because he's ready, he's basically kept Hesh, knows to make their own HE rounds. So it's very good for supporting the infantry in that respect. Uh, you've got laser range fire, you've got stabilizers. You've got a, a over barrel 50 cal, which has got the anti helicopter stat. And you've got um, a pair of AA machine guns. So you can put a lot of machine gun fire as well with this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can put six machine gun shots of the two calibers. Um, I, I like the Mark 1. I think I like the Mark 1 more than I like the Mark 2. Because um, the Mark 2, you, you are... Yes, it's, it's front armor 19, side armor 7. But there's no real change in lethality. Yeah. Um, and frankly... 18 is probably going to be good enough against most things the Syrians are fielding. Get BDD armor as opposed to bazooka skirts, though. Yeah, so that means you have, your effective side armor versus heat goes from 10 to 13. So, neither is... Yeah, but if you get shot in the flank, it's generally going to be by a solid round, like um, by, by, a, 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 by a, a mobile T-72. Mm. And neither of those are going to save you from a thin round. Yeah. So, I, I think the... Mo- it's not like the Mark II is a massive expensive, but I think points for points, I think the Mark One packs everything you need, as it were. Now the actual formation, the, the formation is the same for both of them. They can have a HQ of two tanks, two to three platoons of the actual tank itself, and the tanks coming two to threes. You then got infantry slot, which is such a nice thing to see because obviously um, Israeli infantry kind of sometimes go off in their own formation. Yep. This keeps them in, and it's got a recce slot. And the recce slot can either be um, M113 or a Jeep. I think you've really got to want to take the Jeep, because point for point, I'm not sure why you would take the M113. They're both, <laughs> for the same points, three Jeeps versus three M113s, the M113's got armour, it's got more machine guns, it's got better mobility apart from the road dash. It's like, uh, I'm not sure why you would take... the same points. the same points. I'm not they sure. Oh, indeed. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. I haven't worked out. You get the same with the tow jeeps later as well. The tow jeeps are the same point. Well, put it this way: with a jeep, if you get shot by a T seventy two, you've got to save. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You have got that. There's, there's that soft skin survivability thing. I think sometimes a game may <coughs> put a bit too much value. But I think that adds to the being harder. To, that save in my mind is you haven't actually hit it. Oh yeah, it's, it's a small target, that kind of thing. Yeah, without without getting into needing sixes and sevens and eights to hit, which is yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, um, the, the Magak six platoon. Um, so Magak six are interesting. I thought they're going to be they're going to be sporting their nice new um, Blazer era armor, but actually just a um, stock M60 effectively. So you're from in some eight, no bazooka skirts or anything like that. It has got the barrel fifty cal, which gives a bit more punch, which is always good. Um, 
it hasn't even got the stabilizers they fitted post something which is a bit weird. But they're still eighteen nineteen, aren't they? So they're still yeah. They're still, oh, sorry, yeah, it's like nineteen. It, it still gives all the same firepower as as your um, as your tanks. Yeah. Uh, and they are cheap, so it's a it's a it's a low end option. I think the problem is if you put the blazer on, you end up with a tank that's the same ability, same armor, same firepower as a, as the Macava. So it's like, so why are you bothering doing it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you've almost got to do the M60 as like a reserve, the reserve yeah. forces. Yeah. To like sort of give you a low end option if you don't want to spend all that money on tanks and just, cause like I say, your lethality is the same. You have got the same number of machine guns. You've got the same number of eight tank shots. So. Yeah, it's really the armor differential, and like I say, the armor differential can If yeah. if you know your enemies are taking T62s, then the Macavas it's overkill, whereas the yeah. Six is spot on. If enemy's got T72Ms, you really want that extra armor of the, of the more of the newer tank. And before anyone gets excited, the Macavas got no hasn't got an infantry ca- um, carriage capacity. That's one of those things that keeps coming up. It's it's it doesn't have it. It's it doesn't get used in real life like that, so don't go expect it to be a big IFE. <laughs> isn't that more? Isn't that more just to like chuck a couple of people in the back if they really have to, kind of? Thing? Yeah. So basically, the reason it's got a rear hatch is a because it put the engine at the front, so it, um, it gives it a better survivability. The big thing with Israel, it's not about it's keeping its tanks alive, it's keeping its crew alive. It's a small yeah. country. It burnt through during Yom Kippur, it burnt through manpower hideously. Uh, you know, they lost almost lost a whole generation of basically males at that point. Yeah. Um, so they basically emphasized armor over mobility. That's why it's very much like a chieftain. It's not the fastest tank in the game by any means, but yeah. it's 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 through sheer um, armor thickness. It's matching the modern sort of composite armor tanks, a bit like chieftain Stillbrew does. Um, but so that rear hatch was also what they found was under fire, the tanks were holding in place on, in the, on the Golden Heights in Yom Kippur, then ran out of ammo. So the rear hatch meant they could back up a, a resupply vehicle, chuck oh, ammo that's... in the back, and, <laughs> it re- and it could stock up that all undercover, or almost undercover, yeah. and stay in position. So the rear hatch was kind of handy there. And then, as a very final capacity, it also meant um, that they could, if they need to, if a, if a tank got brewed up and the crew were out in the open, another tank could go and basically pick them up. But yeah, it, it, you can't get fully equipped troops in there because of the, yeah. the ammo racks get in the way. What they did do with the Mark One and Mark Two was um, eventually they used them as a basis for heavy um, APCs. Right. So when the Mark Three and Mark Four came in with their um, composite arm and the one twenty millimeter gun, yeah. the Mark One and Mark Twos they took the turret off and basically turned to APCs. And, um, oh. So you got well, they, an APC of all the main, all the armor of a main battle tank, and it was. So it's like a ram. Yeah. It basically, yes, yeah, kangaroo. They're doing the kangaroo mm. concept, but it has a roof and a, hat and a rear hatch. Nice. Mm, yeah. Um, last new thing, it's kind of we'll call it new, is the infantry. I say a new because they're new sculpts. They got because um, the infantry have gone from having FNs to having their um, Negev and Gali assault rifles, which are their um, 5.56 um, homebrew stuff, based yeah. off the class, basically based off an AK. But made not by um, communist labour. <laughs> yeah, um, they've, got, they've got everything in their platoons, haven't they? They have. They've really so got the full lot. you've got four Gali assault rifle teams with laws. Unfortunately, they don't have the really cool rifle grenades. Actually, have less anti-tank punch now because of the laws, but they've got more range. 
Yeah. Um, you got free FN uh, mag team. So those guys got the old um, Jimpy to put down more firepower. Mm-hmm. You've got um, free RPG teams because his race realised his RPGs are quite quite handy. Let's make our own. So <laughs> good. Um, you've got um, a dragon team. <laughs> you've got a 52 millimeter mortar. And you've got four M113s, and those four M113s can take three pe- can take three people, and you're using every single slot on that APC to get all those guys in there. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's a it's a very well equipped platoon. Um, you can take three of those in the, in the formation. You can then take a tank formation. You can take either the Macarver one or two or the Macac. You've got um, eight one millimeter mortars on the M113, the M125 chassis. And then you can take two M150s, which are their um, 80 tank, 80 AP, um, 80 tank chassis. Yeah. Yeah. Or the toes, yeah. Yeah. So it gives a, so it's a nice self-contained formation. You've got all, a little bit of everything. You got a lot. You got a lot of tank punch. You've potentially got three dragons, two toes, a tank platoon, and then it gets close enough. You've got RPGs and laws. So. Best yeah, I don't of luck. Think you're that. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. It gets back to the thing we have with the Israelis in Fate of the Nation. Best luck assaulting it. They're going to hold the line. <laughs> but also, they're now um, Courage 3 plus, Morale 3 plus, and Rally 3 plus, so they've got to unpin, unlike my Fate of the Nation ones. <laughs> that's an awful lot of anti tank integral as well, isn't it? Like the, it is. Deterrent, but also, uh, you've got the. A, a spiky hedgehog. Yeah. yeah the, the GPMGs. Um, I mean, it, it, so you're. The guy teams are putting out three shots, halted or moving, but if they're pinned, they drop the rate of fire one. Um, the FN mag teams put out five shots, dropping down to two when pinned. So yeah. you got 50, so even if, so if you're not pinned, you've got 15 shots going out to 16 inches from the FN mags. If you are pinned, you've still got, um, you still got 11 shots of 5.56, and you've got all the RPGs and mortars and that firing off our pins. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very weird. hard to get to assault. Uh, so I, I like the infantry. I like uh, I have an infantry formation backed up with some tanks, backed up with some Perez, backed up some more tow jeeps. Oh Put yeah. artillery. Um, you've also got, in terms of support, um, some non some non half track based AA. So rather than those weird little twenty minute half tracks, they've all gone. There's no there are no M3 half tracks in this entire army. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a bit of a shame because they always look kind of cool, but. What you have got is the VADs, um, yep. which is the train, yep. meter, train gun top of the M113, which appeared at the end of the Yonkapur, but didn't actually make it to the book, which annoyed me. I was looking forward to making some of those. I can finally make them, because they're finally in the book. Um, <laughs> it's got some shulkers, because it's Israelis, and they always capture stuff off. They've they, they got nice neighbours that leave them gifts, and they always put these gifts to big <laughs> Um So they captured a whole bunch of shulkers during the two, war, two previous wars, and they put them to good use. Um, it's slightly cheaper than the VADs. Obviously, it's got less, slightly less punch in terms of rate of fire yeah. and range. I don't say it's the same range, so apologies. But it looks cool. I'm actually going to shulker in the VADs. I'm probably going to shulker because the shulker always looks cooler. Yes. Um, you can just back that up with some red eyes, um, yeah. the manpad teams. Cheap. They're dirt cheap and that's a good backup. And you've got the really, the godly looking chaparral, which is basically um, four sidewinders on a really oversized turret. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's an awful model, but it, it, it's not. Sorry, it's no. a, it's an awful thing in real life. The model looks exactly like it should do. It's yes. not bad. It's not a bad model. It's a bad subject, people. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's actually a fairly effective manpad. You have got rate of fire two at the seventy-two inches, um, 
a firepower three, so it's got a fairly hefty punch when it hits. Yeah. So if you want to back up, if you if you think the enemy is going to make use of those two of those two um, hind blocks, then you probably want some of those backing up some um, gun based AA and maybe some red eyes as well. Bloody hell. Um, air support, Israeli air force is still around. You've got the A4 with um, napalm because you know, yeah. let's go all, all in. Um, and you've got the Viper as well, the, the AH1 Viper, which is the Cobra basically. Yeah. And you can have up to two slots of those, so you can again like go heavy on anti-air. Oh, sorry, anti-helicopter. Anti-helic- sorry, um, but stat-wise, the same. It's all the same points. I think the disappointing we here was I was hoping we'd see an F4 model because with both yeah, Iran uh, and Israel in, I, I I figured Evan would probably be all over trying to make Scott with an F4. I thought we might see the F4 with the Mavericks in here because by this point, Israelis have got F16s and F15s. The F4 has been relegated to close air support. Um, so you know, they've got the bombs, they've got their um, Maverick missiles, they've got the, the 20 minute cannons. And yeah, it's a bit of a shame we don't see that because it would be nice. A, it would give us another option. It would give them the um, Iranians their own air. But you know, we, we got, the A4 is cool. I, I, I no, don't dislike the A4. It's just I was kind of hoping we'd see another option alongside it. Yeah. The Sky, yeah, the Skyhawk by itself, it's quite, it is a nice plane. It's yeah. come and it's much more affordable now. I think you'll see them. All the time. Yeah, it's got so it, its default weapon is cluster bombs, uh, which are yep. tank seven, firepower five plus. So it's a good harassment weapon. It'll, you know, it'll bail things generally, occasionally kill them. Yep. And like I say, with napalm, it's a one-shot thing, but it will, um, you know, it's auto firepower. So if you if you go up against infantry, dug in the infantry, drop yep. it on them, and it will just fire. No, it says napalm. I can't remember what napalm does. Is that you have to re-roll saves or re-roll firepower checks? I can't remember. Napalm, it's uh, infantry and unarmored tank teams real successful saves. So you real successful saves, yeah, and, then, and if you fail it, you're automatically dead. So. And it's a salvo template? It's an artillery, yeah. that's an artillery, artillery template. Oh, that one's smaller, okay. Yeah, and it's yeah. one shot. Right. Yeah, so if you've got a Syrian, a Syrian platoon sitting in the objective, you can send these bad boys in, drop the napalm on them, and then yeah, it's one shot, so once it's gone, it's gone. But you'll probably take out a big chunk of a, of a company with that. Yeah. After that, you just hit with cluster bombs and cannon fire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Israelis basically. Lots of new stuff. I mean, like I say, it's very much a NATO-style force. I don't. Yeah. I think it'll play very. If you're looking for analogies, it's going to play very similar to the British. I think you've got a very strong infantry force backed up by a very defensive, optimized main battle tank. Yeah, and I think you know, that's sort of it's. It's British to a T, except for you haven't got a massive amount of land missiles, if that's how you play. Um, but you have got, like, say, a few unique things, let's say, like the um, Perair and, like, massed AH-1s. I would yeah. like to I, I, would, I would like to see light infantry in the form of the Paras, basically. So just uh, yeah. fearless veterans, maybe hitting even better in assaults. Like they've, not, they've not done any of that in Team Yankee, have they? No, well, but like I say, mm-hmm. apart from the new Iranian force, they haven't really done much in the way of non-helicopter mount. But the Israelis yeah. had helicopters, you know, it wasn't if they didn't do helicopter mounted forces. So that might be interesting to see them as an, maybe a helicopter mounted force or an option to have helicopters. Yeah. They used jeeps as well, didn't they? And they yeah. had jeeps, yeah. So it's kind of surprising they're not in. I'm, I'm not sure they just didn't think it'd be used in Garden Heights or it's just not within the whole Team Yankee being a tank game focus. 
Um, it's probably that and the F4, um, probably the only things I say are disappointing about the books in terms of what I was hoping to see and what we haven't really got here. Otherwise, yeah. no, I can't really complain. It's you know, it's it, it's kind of like what you expect a 1980s Iranian's um, Israelis look like. So, if you guys are picking one force out of oil war, what are you picking to play? Oh, it's, <sighs> it would have to be the Israelis. Uh, I, I'd say the Israelis got the Kurds, probably followed by the Iraqis soon after. Yeah, I mean, I think, go ahead, Lee. I was going to say with the Iraqis, I could probably do a force that's both Iraq and Syria. So if someone's got Ira- uh, Israelis, I can play use them as Syrians versus them, and just drop in some different different bits. But I mean, have the other stuff when I'm playing someone who's got Iran- Iranians. Those. I, sorry, I can finish off. Yeah, I, like some of the Iranians, it's like. I keep wanting to like the Iranians. I'm just not sure they've got enough air to them. I like, like I say, what they've got going for them is that massed infantry battalion. Yeah. That's like I say, it's a, it's a very different way of playing compared to most things. I'm just not sure it's enough to entice me to play them compared to doing doing Iraqis or doing Israelis. I say, money and time are no objects. I think I'm Iranians. Yeah. Just as something yeah. different. Yeah, because you knew the time to paint all those things. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Israel is going to be a very um, pound and time conservative army, I think. Well, is it? Because the Magak 60s are now cheaper. Everything's cheaper, really. Yeah, but I'm going, take, going I'm going to take the Macavas. Macavas back a bit. But if, I, if I was going to do it, I'd take the Macava. Yeah. Awesome. Really? Yeah, the M60 is nice, but it's a Macavas, a Macava, dude. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but in, in game terms, I'd be taking infantry with. Uh, Probably MacArthur, maybe in a formation as support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was saying yeah. Um, yeah, so you'll see. Yeah, go with Israelis and Max up. <coughs> yeah, it's an interesting book though. It does add another dimension. I mean, yeah, I like the you know, like you said. Although there's stuff left to do in Europe, I like the fact they've actually gone outside Europe. Mm. So I like the idea of doing what else is happening in the World War Three. It's World War Three. It's not European. Yeah. It's not European, European bun fight number 55. It's... <laughs> so um, I like the fact they've done oil war. I like the f- I know previously they talked about doing like bush wars, doing the same sort of thing for doing South Africans versus Angola. You know, keeping with the theme of doing really nasty yeah. wars. <laughs> There's another one to do. Yeah. Um, and that obviously then give you Centurions versus T-62s and that kind of thing. And obviously you still got Asia, so you could do... Korea, Korea War to Electric Bugaloo and have like um, South Koreans versus North Koreans. So, yes, they're still definitely doing um, within Europe, like say, like the Southern Europe theatre. I think Northern Europe would be great, but because it's very much not doing like infantry, I don't think they're going to do Northern Europe, sadly. Yeah. So doing these like kind of like snapshots around the world kind of thing, it, it could be interesting. It could open up some really interesting um, games, like say, like Bush Wars, um, maybe something going off with um, the likes of um, Bolivia and South America versus the, yeah. the sort of American American aligned Me- forces. Mexico taking back the uh, lost four states. Yeah, well, well, you get into your Red Dawn scenario, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I say I think everyone secretly wants to do Red Dawn. Even so it's a very ridiculous scenario, but you always kind of like the idea of doing it. <laughs> who, who doesn't like the idea of having like American suburbs? It's like World in Con- You guys ever play World in Conflict, a computer game? No. no, it's a real-time strategy game that's set basically in that kind of Red Dawn scenario where um, 
the Russians have evaded Seattle basically you know, and trying to take over the American Midwest. Not, <laughs> but it's got it's got some foot behind it. It's a limited. It's a fake. They're not trying to take over America. They're trying to knock out Star Wars because they, they think so. Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah, well, that's Seattle. Yeah, because <laughs> they think they, they bought the hype that Star Wars works. They're, they're spending. They're putting all their forces in to try, try, try and take out um, the American Star Wars command, which is near Seattle. And right. the Americans are trying to defend it because they, they don't want the Russians to realise it's all a massive bluff and it doesn't work. Because <laughs> they, they think at that point, um, the reason it hasn't, this conflict hasn't gone nuclear is because the Russians think their nuclear attack won't work because Star well. Wars. Yeah. And so it really cuts off that whole thing as why it hasn't gone nuclear either, which is really interesting as a thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot, lot, lot of times, it, it, no one ever really cuts why didn't why hasn't this gone nuclear yet? It hasn't really covered off. Yeah. I know Team Yankee, it Spoilers, it does, yeah, spoilers for a book that's been out since the 80s, guys. Um, it does go nuclear, <laughs> nuclear at the end at the very, in a very limited exchange where everyone goes, okay, let's stop this now. Cause we'll get, yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah. Enough. Um, obviously, in Chieftain, in um, Chieftains, it goes nuclear, but you never really find out if it's we, the start of a full nuclear scenario. It just yeah, bookends yeah. going white, effectively. And in Red Storm, Red Storm Rising, the whole nuclear scenario gets taken out by um, the plot, effectively. These East Germans put their foot down, and go no, and apparently, and the, and the Soviets are still maintaining the idea. This is a very limited conflict to basically suck up the Americans while they take over Iran. Yeah. And then the whole so Red Storm Rising again, they've always gone nuclear because it doesn't need to go nuclear. So yeah, they they all try and do the whole nuclear shadow different ways. But yeah, so there you go. That is oil war. Oil war. Oh, right. Uh, so I think the readers had some questions. I think hopefully we answered them as we go along. Um, uh, yes. So for those of you who don't know, um, before we record these on our Facebook page, we put a post up saying uh, asking for readers' questions. So if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't followed us on Facebook, Breakthrough Assault is our page. Go like us there. Shameless plug. Um, and then we can uh, you hopefully get a notification so you can ask some questions and we will hopefully answer them um so starting at the top derek deraway asks how does this book tie into the others and how are the syrians played in this book so well, i think we come up with it it has um at least they say a, a scenario to tie in um yeah. and like i say the syrians play very much like most warsaw pack forces i think would be fair to say indeed uh mitch bodrow bodrow I, uh, by the way, I will murder your name if you have a difficult for an English person to pronounce name. Uh, no apologies. Um, a Ron. Possible... <laughs> he <done> messed up. A <laughs> A Ron. <laughs> would it be possible to make an insurgent style for us? Right. So, this kind depends how you want to define insurgency. Obviously, we're dealing with a company slash battalion level game, so. You don't really fight in that respect. It's not like um, NAM does for local forces kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously, you do have the militia, though, and Iranian militia. So you could use that as a basis for doing all kinds of weird and wonderful things, should you so wish. But it's, like, it's, more, it's, a militia, it's, it's a militia more than an insurgency. Yeah, you can do things like, you know, mount your uh, recordless rifles in the uh, ubiquitous Toyota pickup and things like that as well, couldn't you? And model it slightly differently yeah you, you, i think you could use this as a basis like to if you really want to do like moderns you could use it as a basis for doing like an isis style force so you could have like t- you know, the tanks in the tank slot it would be t55s or t62s also catch them once thanks iraq um 
I mean, like you say, you can have your use your recordless jeeps as a basis for, like, say, the various Toyota Hiluxes of the world. Yeah. So I think it's fair if you want to. It's not really a true insurgency, but you could use it for a non-state hybrid warfare kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to use all the catchwords here. All the buzzwords. Buzzword bingo. <laughs> Asymmetric. Asymmetric network centric. There you go. Randy T. Guintivano asks, do the US finally get their Apache? No, no American forces. No Americans. It'll, it'll come. We know it's coming. Yeah, patience. All good things comes to those who endlessly rant on Facebook. Tim Kellogg asks, will this be another example of parking lot wars? It could be if you would, if you if it could be if you make it that way. It's the same thing, Team Yankee. I mean, obviously the Iraq, Iranians, sorry, the Syrians and Iraqis take the Warsaw Pact model. So if you go massed cheap tanks and massed infantry and APCs, it's going to go that way. Yeah. I think That's... a lot of that a lot of that comes down to your terrain choices as well. Yeah. Uh, the reason I left this one in is I was thinking about it and I was like, well, if you play on extremely dense infantry-based boards, then your tanks are always going to be more cramped in. And at which point, why are you sending your main battle tanks into the middle of a town? You know? Yeah, exactly. If, if you're playing on the more open planes, then actually you've got more room to manoeuvre. You're not going to have to go bumper to bumper to get around the building because it doesn't really matter at this point. So I think if, if you're finding that you're having a lot of games where your tanks are wedged up against each other, just look at the board and maybe just give yourself more space to play in. Um, so that's my mini rant against that one. Uh, Christopher Dillaway asks, are there any new models introduced in the book? Um, yes. New, yes. Many with Israelis. Um, there's a couple of re-sculpts for, let's say, Milan with the Iraqi forces. And also at, um, let's say, the Panhard um, Ot well, carrier. All, all the infantry is new, basically. All the Israeli infantry is new, yeah. The actual, he... Well, no, they're, um, I think they're, um, Iranians reuse the West German sculpts because they've got scrim on their helmets. And, they're, um, and the Iraqis reuse the Egyptian infantry. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, look at the catalogue section, that seems to be the case. Okay. There's, there's very little new with the Iraqi and Iranians beyond, let's say, the bits we... Um, but interestingly, um, you get, because of that, they point you obviously to the Soviet boxes. They're doing an Iraqi and Iranian unit card pack. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's what we're doing, was you're repacking a lot of stuff just for the sake of cards. So, so it's, it's really, yeah, Israeli forces come as platoons with the prepacked cards. Um, and then Iranians get some infantry packs and then one thirteen pack. But other than that, only oh, Iraqis get their um, weapon options effectively. Um, but other than that, like I say, as you say, it's basically a car packs. There are also starter sets for everyone, so let's just cover those briefly. So the Israeli um, starter set, Kalani's Warriors, um, gets three Makavas and two Vipers. Um, Hussein's Republican Guard get um, three T-72s and two Gazelles. And the Ayatollah's Revolutionary Guard gets three chieftains and two cobras. Imagine the actual um, hmm. Republican Guard and I had chieftains, but there you go. So, yeah, so basically, the set's fair. The only thing, people don't get a set is the Syrians, because you can't really use the Iraqi set for the Syrians, but. Yeah. 
But hey, you can just go buy any other Warsaw Pact starter set. Starter set. Yeah. <coughs> so, Aaron Scheller asks, will we be able to historically play the Iran-Iraq war with this book? Yes. And there's a whole section about doing it. Yeah. Like I say, you have to make some fudges on the air, on the air but that's count as, I don't see as a huge issue. Otherwise, yeah, it's all there. Dave Damon asks, does the fluff include mentions of other countries involved that we might expect in the future? Right, so in terms of new countries, no. Because um, they... I think the Jordanians, after the last two times, are definitely going to sit this one out in the Israeli-Syrian <laughs> fight. Um, and what, whilst you could make a case for stuff like so Qatar, Kuwait and Saudi Arabia supporting Iraq versus Iran, they don't really get mentioned. Um, that's a shame because you could do some really cool forces AMX-30s and um, other bits and kit there. That said, like I say, I think you could just about do Kuwaitis with Iranian force. You've got M113 mounted infantry, you've got um, chieftains, you've got some bits of air support. It's a little bit of fudging around. I, I, I have got a mind for doing a Kuwaiti list at some point. As a sort of, here's how to use lots of counter stuff, just do it. <laughs> if, if it it's more for doing like Gulf War fights, especially when the British book comes out with the challenges and stuff. Uh, speaking of British, Ben Shaw asks, will we get the Brits? Oh, we, we, well, we, we know Brits are coming. We know, we know they are... They are the first version two books, so yeah, so they're coming, they're just not in this yeah. one. End of the year, we never well, last last sketch we ever saw was end of the year for British, is is what we're told. Oh, <laughs> well, it's what their the, um, Christmas video says, yes. and we, we know how accurate the Christmas video can be sometimes, exactly. <laughs> As the reality is, a release schedule in that setting. <laughs> uh, JP Gorgoth asks, Are there any revisions to mission generation and scoring with this? Uh, so no, so we'll see. I think that's going to wait until version two. There are two scenarios, but they're basically variants on their retreat. They're not compared to some of the scenarios we've got in the other books. So nothing particularly earth-shattering in terms of scenarios. But there yeah. are there are two scenarios there. One, one for um, Iran, Iraq, and one for Israel, Syria. Dmitry Arkwinov asks: Plastic M48? Question mark. I'd love a plastic M48. Yeah. Not, not in this book, as there are no M48s, just the M60s. Yeah. Uh, his serious question, though, is how different do we expect the armies to play compared to the already existing ones? As the, the Israelis look quite close to the US gear-wise, what are the differences between them? Mm. So, like I say, I think Israel could play more British than the Americans. Um, I think, like I say, I think Iran could play very differently if you went heavy on the militia infantry. Other than that, I think, like I say, Iraq and Syria are going to play very much like Warsaw Pact, albeit with some like little changes for the forces, especially the Iraqis. But their play styles can be very much in that vein. And that is the last of the questions. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. Ooh. Okay, so I think that does oil war. That so, does oil war. So, events. Events then. Coming um, up. Coming up. So, if you are listening to this and you have any events you wish us to plug shamelessly for you, email me at fez at breakthroughassault.co.uk and I will add them to the list. Uh, the 24th and 25th of March, Barnograd mid war game at the Battlefield Hobbies, 100 points. 27th and the 28th of April in Australia, Brizcon. 100 points mid-war is at Mount Gravett, Brisbane, 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 Queensland. For more information, see brizcon.org. 
www.ghostsandgoblins.com.au Wait, have we, got, have we got Australian listeners? We have listeners on three <laughs> continents. I know wow. the fact that Duncan listens to us in the UK. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, we have a listener in, uh, in Uganda, and we have at least one listener in Australia. So we are officially listened to on at ah, least three continents. In that case, we've got four continents, because I know at least one person listens to us in America. Holy <gasps> moly. There so we, we go. Need a South American. Uh, where else? <laughs> An Antarctican. <laughs> An Antarctican. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the information that uh, May, Sun, Sand, and SMGs, my mid war Flames of Fez event, is going to happen in May. I'm very close to getting you a date for that, but we're having a bit of difficulty with the venue. Um, the 20th and 21st of July is Attack Devises, 110 points mid-war with a red versus blue list swap. Uh, You're okay to that, aren't you? West, we are. We should probably book our accommodation, Duncan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, because it's getting near summer. and Yeah, let me check those dates again. Yep, okay. Well reminded. So expect a toy report after that from us. Oh, yes. And some excitement and some list testing on the way in. Oh, yes. Some pre, pre, some pre tourney frothing. Well, that's what I'm thinking of taking the 152s to as my like blue swap. Oh, we, have, we haven't actually talked about your 152s, so shall we quickly... We haven't. Um, so, yeah, I saw Hammy throwing down the gauntlet um, on the fact that 152s were rubbish. Well, not rubbish, just not the most effective... Um, of units and uh on, on the facebook thread and uh i had a close look at them and i thought oh that's quite interesting they've got this uh rather interesting gun um with the at13 uh, automatic firepower pass and uh, then i found the company card <laughs> uh so what's better than uh, one unit of two uh three units of two led by kv1 um, and I just think they're, they're just an interesting mix because they can also they've only got a twenty inch range. They've got KV one armor, so they're not that great, but they are great. That's the thing. Everyone kind of mid war is this interesting mix where everyone assumes that just because it has a counter, it's obviously going to come up against that counter, and that obviously you're going to run against people who have lots of 80 12 or 13 and in reality most people only have one 80 12 or 13 asset which you can then just focus on and then quite merrily laugh at everything else um but the bomb bar seven front arm seven side of six off the top of my head but top armor two there are only two gun platoons but they are fearless so three ups which, from my experience with Germans, isn't, you know, you, you can count them sticking around maybe one, maybe two turns at least after they go down to a one tank platoon. But the auto firepower is is good. You know, when you, when you give them, put them in a uh, company with a KV-1... If you already start ranged in on a mission, then that becomes very interesting. 
Yeah. We, we get one ranging marker as well per platoon, won't you? Yes. So, yeah. so you'll get all you got if I've got all more on the board, that's three platoons arranged in. <coughs> but added to the fact you can have if you just have a small company of just the two platoons in the KV one, that leaves you thirty points worth of rotor Vivensky to yeah. rock along with them. That becomes a lot more interesting. So they are huge models. They have cool little tanks. I doubt they do very well, but I think they'd be a lot of fun. It's one of those lists where it'll be a lot of fun not doing very well with them. And when they do hit something, you're just going to end up laughing. Yeah. Stand silence. Yeah. No, I, just, I think you're right. I think that sometimes we're quick to judge these things on paper yeah. And, yeah. until you play them. Everything counts in large amounts. Yeah. Well, like I said before, it's the Wyvern effect. From, in other words, uh, give it three... The Wyvern effect? Yeah, so Wyverns are always rubbish in uh, like 8th edition Warhammer, so you just double down, you just get two. Because two's always better than one. So one's like the gun shield for your other one. <laughs> so yeah, as Kelsey musicians, we now have the Wyvern effect. We go to... The Wyvern effect, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more... I think it's more um... It's more a case of if you wait like three or four weeks, you'll find a nicely painted uh, 152 company on eBay. <laughs> oh, no. <It'll> <laughs> after, I, after I rage... <coughs> well, after I die... Oh, God. It's chest infection. After I rage quit and uh, decide that, yeah, they were... I should have listened to Hammy. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, we were talking the other day as well about um, the point scaling without getting out of a 100-point yes. mindset, and I think that they'll, they'll benefit from that as well. Yeah, they will. Well, my my logic was I want to run. I'm running um, for devices being 110 points. I'm taking in my tiger company now that I finally got one. Got a list of my three tigers, um, and I was like, well, if I'm doing red versus blue, then I'm unlikely to come up against many DAC armies. So I should take an eastern front list. That makes sense. Yeah, to take your um take your 152s yeah so I was going to take the 152s because then they're pretty much the equivalent of the German tiger list but Russian you know whatever they hit is going to die the trouble is they don't get a lot of shots there's not a lot of them and oh my god never to put anything in reserve yeah you're going to struggle with the reserve of what to put in there aren't you yeah well I mean like two of them are 30 points the trouble is at 110 points you need 44 points in reserve, which means you put a platoon of 152s, your command KV1, which is 10 points, and you still need to find another four points to put a third platoon. So, uh, yeah, you need something cheap at that point, don't you? Yeah. So I might, I don't know, I'm, I'm torn between doing full potato 152s, which is six of them. Yeah. Or doing less, mixing it up with the rotor of the the guys in um, Universal Carriers and then yep. having a bit more flexibility that way. Are you thinking about taking some ILs? IL 2s? I was, but I don't know what the ILs would give me that I've not already got in the 152s. Mm. That's the thing. Mobile I think... cannons? Well, yeah, but the 152s already have, they're, they're actually quite mobile. 
with their cross and their mobility. They just can't shoot. You know, they're, they're slow to fire, sure. But if you've got something, you know, you can't, if you get quite aggressive with two of them and actually use them as assault guns. Maybe you need some one two twos to go with them. Or 76s. Well, but they're actually tank 13 anyway. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just know. thinking, I, I think the, the infantry and half tracks with their scout, the scout and the stupidest of submachine guns just gives you, you know, the idea is hopefully they'll be too scared to, you know, the one five two sit there being area denial, and then that frees up my road the motor guys to go zooming off and mess up. Well, a a they can go mess up whatever anti tank asset he's got, which scares my one five twos, or I can shoot things merrily and assault them with SMGs. And burp guns. <laughs> so, it sounds horrible. It it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a re, uh, it's going to be one of those armies really well, just really, really poorly. I think. Yeah, it's pretty much the way. It's, it's going to be named middle, middle ground on it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be win big or go home. So I'll probably end up going home quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Is that a fair events? Oh, that's, that's events. Wow, there you go. That's, uh, I think it's time to shoot and scoot, is it not? I think so. Yeah. So are you going to go Iranian militia? Five plus. Five plus. Oh, we're going for it. Five plus. It's a five! You managed to scoot oh, out of assault range. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh. The Armored Train Wreck of a podcast you have been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk and was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies and four burning oil wells. Just four. Just four. four burning oil wells, three wrecked recovers, two pariahs. And a cobra, that's not an Apache. How <laughs> 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 <laughs>